This is Sarah the Rebel, and you're listening to the MonsterCast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the MonsterCast. I'm your host, Jack Dahl Jr., joined by Ryan Dahl, of course. Um, ratings for AEW versus NXT, uh, both are down from last week. AEW wins 773,000 to 703,000 to go up 33-8-1. And And we never really talk about it on here because, you know, they don't have any competition. But Raw and SmackDown, Raw was 1.62 mil and SmackDown was 1.89 mil. Uh, And Raw was another, like, record low and something. I don't know. They got so many different kinds of record lows that they fucking produce because of different things that they look at but i know it was a record low in something but uh or maybe it was throughout the show maybe they dipped down into a record low or something mm-hmm. uh the final number obviously i don't think is a record low but it's not great um it really does seem like they're phoning it in on raw uh i remember reading the reports like everybody else a couple weeks ago where bruce pritchard was already super stressed out about having to run raw too and yeah. Uh, kind of phoning it in, and it definitely shows on TV. There's, they're treading water with a lot of these storylines. Like, they just need to get off of some of this shit. Like, why... Okay, after the Rey Mysterio shit kind of fell flat with the whole eye focus, whatever, why are you still keeping up that narrative for this new thing with Aleister Black? Like, why are we back to eye-based bullshit? You know, it's just weird. Like, I'm, I'm tired of seeing it. Well, I don't think... So, the Alistair Black thing is nothing. That they literally did that to write him off of TV. He is being pulled from TV, believe it or not, with their limited roster, because Vince thinks he needs a gimmick change, and he's to freshen up his character. Even though, until like two weeks ago, when you took Heyman off, he was one of the biggest stars on Raw, if not the biggest, behind what you're pushing Drew McIntyre to be. So. What in what universe did someone think that Alistair Black needed a gimmick change and needed to be kept off of TV? It's almost like he forgets because there's not a crowd there anymore that he was really over. And so now he doesn't have people cheering for him and he's like, oh, this is weird. I don't like it anymore. Like it's it doesn't make any sense. Dude. But Heyman was even still putting him over, though, all the time. Heyman was putting him over Rollins. Heyman was putting him over Buddy Murphy. Uh, Alistar was going over Andrade and his and that whole stable for multiple weeks. Like Alistar Black still had an amazing record, and like I don't understand. Oh, is it because Heyman was pushing that character, so now we have got to make it our own little thing and change it, tweak it a little bit, so I can feel like I did something. Yeah. That, I mean, that's what I feel like it is. Um, I mean, because it's obviously Vince's call, and Bruce Pritchard probably. Ain't trying to really be super creative with anybody that really doesn't need it at this point, considering if he's already stressed out about having to run the show, he definitely ain't going out of his way to make changes to people and keep them off of TV. Uh, I really don't understand taking Aleister Black off of TV. Uh, what are we going to replace him with, Dominic? Because Apparently. That's stupid. But yeah, to your point with the storyline thing, after it ended with Rey Mysterio, if it, if it doesn't end on Raw with him just, just beating the hell out of Dominic, like, how many times y'all got to get beat up and be like, okay, this we're not going to win this fight because they're clearly not going to give the win to Rey Mysterio ever. And it makes literally zero sense for Dominic to ever win a match against Seth Rollins. So where exactly are you trying to go with this? Yeah, Unless I don't get it Rey should have won the eye-for-an-eye match 
And that should have been it. We, he, uh, Rollins would have came out with the eye patch like we were saying. It would look cool. At least for, you know, sell it, sell it for like six months or something, you know? Whatever. Right. Sell it until you turn face again. Who knows? I don't care what you do. But uh, you already know Rollins would have been down for it because he's a company guy. Or just like, I mean, even even fucking three months would be fine. You could just say, yeah, you, you had surgery, it's fine now, whatever. But the thing I was talking about where they like, they have him wear the patch for a while and then he comes out with a different color contact on for a while would have been cool too. But I don't know, man, it's fucking weird. I don't, I don't like any of the shit they're doing with him right now. I did for a little bit, and then now they've just kind of, they kept, they keep doing the same thing and running into the goddamn ground. Yeah, um, so before we get into our other random thoughts, I did run a poll. I posted it, like, at 5 in the morning, so I didn't get as many votes as I wanted. I got 12 votes, but I figured it would be interesting to go over anyway. Because, Mm. speaking of Bruce Pritchard, there's been a lot of talk this week. Uh, after his comments were made public by Nick Aldis about Nick Aldis not having the it factor. Um, so I wrote on Twitter, as a wrestling fan, I have to know, do you think Nick Aldis has the it factor, or do you think Bruce Pritchard was right? Out of the 12 votes, 83% said that Aldis has it, and 17% said that Pritchard was right. Your thoughts? I'd... I mean, if you watch his... If you watch his title run with the NWA title and then still come away thinking like, oh yeah, like he's he can't be the top guy, I don't know what your problem with him is. Like what what speci- like I don't think he's he's never gonna be the rock or anything, but like you could have him run a you could have him head a company. You can have him head cards. He's not I mean, he's made NWA relevant again, correct? Right. And he's a huge part yeah. of that. So and he, he was the only like, champion since they've done it. And look, I, I love Christian. Don't get me wrong. But, like, it's not like you're talking about fucking world champion Christian here. Like, he's he's very capable of being a draw. He's very capable of bringing eyes to a product. You watch his – I mean, his whole NWA title run is the only thing that even reminded me that this shit existed. Yeah. So, I don't know what else you want from a guy, you know? And how many how many years did people think NWA was dead, but they were running that whole time? Right, that's what They were what running the entire time. And it you, wasn't like, until no, Nick you... Aldis had the championship that I was like, fuck, they are still around? That's awesome, Yeah, I, I guess. And, I mean, <laughs> and then it's like, if you think about it, if you... Okay, so, if you're not me, and you just, like, fell out of wrestling or something, and or you just assumed that NWA was dead because, you know, WCW was dead. Um, right. And WWE was the only thing around. Like, no one knows that NWA was alive almost that entire time. Like, if you go back and look at the NWA title history, look at some of those names that have held the heavyweight title. Yeah, it's got a sweet lineage with the Flares and the Dusties and stuff, but you go ahead and tell me the last... Ten years of that title, and you tell me who you know on that on that list besides Nick Aldis. Well, Cody Rhodes. <laughs> yeah, obviously, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's insane. And besides Tim Storm too, but other yeah. than that, like you had Rob Conway was their champion for a while. Yeah. Rob Conway, <sighs> the traitor that teamed up with La Resistance in WWE. That's who we're talking about. Was their champ. So, Kurgan's on there so for them to be basically in obscurity where almost no one knew that they existed, definitely didn't know that they were still running shows and still had that same title and defending that same title, 
to going to Nick Aldis is making them relevant with a YouTube show where tons of people are tuning in. Enough people are tuning in to get Jim Cornette fired off of something that he said on commentary. Right. So we're at that level, and he's the main guy of that brand, and you're telling me that he doesn't have it? Well, I mean, if, I mean what, what are we considering it? Like, what, what are the – okay. Does he consider so, Bobby Roode or EC3 or Drew McIntyre to have it? Because I think Aldis has just as much charisma as any of those guys. Yeah, I agree. And see, I, maybe that's what Pritchard is talking about, though, because do you see, does, do you does see, see Roode as a world it? champion? I do, but that's because I've seen him as a world champion before, and he carries himself and, just like yeah. Aldis. Yeah, I mean, it's the same yeah. It's the same thing. It wasn't like he was Team Canada Bobby Roode and he was world champion. No, he was the right. it factor Bobby Roode, pun intended. Yeah, um, yeah. I don't. I don't get that. I mean, Pritchard. Unless Pritchard <clears throat> only sees as Austin, Austin Rock, yeah, Cena having this it factor. And th- that's that's what I was saying too. Like Nick Aldis is never going to be the Rock, but he doesn't need to be to be a draw either. Most people don't. You don't need to be the Rock to have the it factor either, though. It, it, Matt Hardy's not the fucking Rock, but he'd be a great world champion. Yeah. So. I guess it just depends on what your context is for what makes somebody like a big star and working in the WWE environment for too long. Maybe he doesn't see it because Aldis isn't fucking 280 pounds and six foot eight, but it's just, you know, I don't get it. I don't get it either. Like I, I need to know what Bruce Pritchard's definition of it is exactly like, um, Like I, you know what I'm saying? Like you can have the it factor and still not, still not, uh, succeed in the business too. We've seen that many times. So I mean, like, who cares? What? Yep. Like I want to know what what about Nick Aldis makes you think he doesn't have it? Well, here's the thing too. Here, here's what I want to know. What was Bruce Pritchard's opinion of Daniel Bryan when Daniel Bryan first got there? Yeah, probably not great. Right. So I don't really know if I trust his eye for talent in the first place. Yeah. I'm not so, saying he doesn't have an eye for talent, right, but I'm not going to – he's mean not the end all, be all. Yeah, exactly. Yes, yeah. exactly. Yeah. yeah. Agree. Uh, okay, so random thoughts on Raw. Believe it or not, the only part of Raw that I liked, that I enjoyed, was the Nia Jackson, Shayna Baszler segment. Yeah. I thought bad. it was badass. Like you have these two girls who you built up to be badasses, and then you just have them go out there – and beat the shit out of each other, and like almost immediately, I was like, "Oh my god!" Like when the ref got to five, I was like, "Oh my god, they're gonna get fucking counted out." No, not even paying attention to the ref. They're not slowing down. You could just kind of tell. But then the fact, the only thing I didn't like about the whole segment, honestly, was just the the guy at the end, when you know he's, you know, you're getting your ass kicked. It was just a the stereotypical setup yeah. where the guys like are trying to hold this one dude, trying to hold them both back. Like you know, you're getting your ass kicked. Like I didn't like that part because it was kind of. Uh, easy to do like i could have wrote that in my sleep type deal like you could have seen that from a mile away but other than that i thought they they made me want to see the match whereas before that match took place i didn't want to see it at all so two thumbs up for that segment i mean and the count out thing i don't, I don't know how i feel about it I, I think they could have just not had that match you know what i mean like they well they could have never just rang the bell they could have just yeah but they kind of did that a few weeks ago when they had the triple threat match between her, Asuka, and Shannon Baszler. Remember? Yeah. And then it was like they were, but the announcers were talking about it like it was a match, and then it ended up never being really a match. It was so weird. I hated that shit. But anyway, this was I thought this was done 
pretty well. Um, obviously setting up hopefully to a SummerSlam match between the two because they're going to need more than just, you know, a Bailey and a Sasha match or whatever the hell they're planning on doing at SummerSlam because apparently that's getting pushed back again until we get fans. Um, I mean, there were there was a couple other things I liked about it. I, I mean, like the um, – About the show or – Yeah, about Raw. I, well, I like I mean, Sasha and Asuka till the end. Yeah, the end was fucking – The sick. match was really good, and then the end yeah. was – match was great wrestling was great and then the very stupid fucking setup where you basically have oscar lose the title to go save someone who's being who, who is a wrestler is a wrestler. she's a wrestler and she's being kicked backstage oh, like, did, oh, she's did a you see fucking it on, wrestler did you see it on smackdown too by the way that they they called it a career ending thing for Kyrie. Oh, yeah, it's a career ending because she's going back to fucking Japan. Yeah, well, obviously, but... It's, it's but a terrible even, way to But labor. even that is not even a career-ending thing. Yeah. So I, Rey Mysterio and fucking Seth Rollins can rip their fucking rip eyes their out eyes and they'll be fine. Yeah. Yeah, literally, if you watch the backstage, she's, like, stomping on her and kicking her and stuff. It's not like she had a fucking sledgehammer back there. Yeah. It was so weird, man. I'm The whole time I'm watching it, I'm like, all right, Asuka just hit her fucking... Um, whatever the fuck that move is. I always forget what it's called. But she was clearly about to win, basically. And then... What you, move? She had just done something to Banks, and she was like literally about to win when the, when she decided to go run backstage. I don't even yeah. remember what the fuck it was. Was it an impact move or a submission move? It's an impact move. Okay, but, so it was probably the hip attack or something like that. But she fucking... She starts staring at the screen like, Kyrie! And the fucking... Kyrie's yelling, let's go! And then she runs backstage, and I'm just like, bro, you could have just finished a fucking match for her. She's... She's a wrestler. She's been wrestling for like 15, 20 fucking years, however long it's been. And she's been wrestling long enough to get kicked. Like, it'd be one thing if Bailey was back there with a fucking forklift and she was like tied down like a goddamn cartoon on the railroad tracks or something, you know? Three, but, three seconds. would I mean, you, an extra three seconds, you would have had the title and then got to Kyrie, And she right. would have been in the same uh, condition that she was in. It's so dumb, man. Like, and I... I get the story they're trying to tell, and I get that they're trying to take the belt off Asuka without Asuka losing, but it doesn't make Asuka look good or smart. It doesn't make Kyrie look like a wrestler at all. It makes her look like she's just some fucking little kid who was getting beaten up. Yeah. Um, it doesn't make Sasha look good, because that's how she won when she was clearly losing the match. And it makes Bailey look kind of dumb, too, because all she was doing was kicking her. <laughs> so, oh. The whole ending was just bad, and it was so predictable what was going to happen as soon as that stipulation came out, too. Like, it was very clearly going to be, like, a DQ or some bullshit, you know, to change hands. They only ever do that stipulation when that's what's going to happen, so... The Young Bucks the young bucks have been wrestling for a few weeks now, but I just want to point them out because Nick Jackson, he got beat up backstage, and he got a garage door slammed into him. Right. And he came back, and it's not a career-ending injury. If we want to try to compare two things that are, you know, more I mean, similar than the eye for an eye, obviously. But you, if you look at Asuka's moveset, she actually kicks people like that when they're on the ground as part of her match. Yeah. So <laughs> it's like now you, uh, couldn't, you couldn't give Bailey a chair or something. Yeah, that's what I'm thinking. Like, give her a weapon. Kendo stick. Something. Something. Yeah. It would have just made a lot more sense um, to go make the save for that. But, like, if I'm watching somebody get kicked and it's somebody that, you know, I've, I've like, let's say I, I've done MMA with or whatever, and I see them kind of struggling and getting beat up for a little bit, I'm not immediately jumping in on that if I've got something else more pressing going on. 
I'm like, they can take care of themselves. They'll be, they'll be all right. All Bailey had to do was handcuff her to a damn trunk case back there and take, take a kendo stick and just keep hitting her. And then yep. you wouldn't have made, like, no contact with her, so you wouldn't have to worry about her getting hurt on her last day. And it right. would have made way more sense for Asuka to run back there if she's getting destroyed by a weapon that she cannot defend herself on than her getting kicked and her head getting slammed into a garage door thing. Yep. Does not make any sense. Didn't like it. Didn't make anybody really look good or smart. Um... So what but, did you like about the show? Besides the match and the terrible ending, what else did you like? I like seeing Ali back on television, even though he lost. Um, he's, I mean, I know he's been there a couple of, uh, for that Mufasa? other like multi-man match. Yeah, Mufasa. <laughs> <laughs> um, nah, I, I, I like when he wrestles. I thought his match with, with Lashley was actually really good. Um, I, It's another one of those ones where it was kind of predictable as far as how it was going to go, but I just always like to watch him wrestle. And I thought that Randy Orton's promo at the beginning of the show was really good. Um, yeah, I thought I thought he could have – well, not his. His promo was really good. I thought McIntyre's was all right, but I think McIntyre could have really used that promo to get some shots in on Orton right back, and he didn't take them. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think he, uh, went, too, I think he went too babyface with his promo. All he had to do was point out, like, oh, yeah, the guys that you're comparing yourself to, like, yeah, you know, they didn't have Evolution carrying them. They didn't have fucking, Yeah, you know. but he could also have said, I beat Brock Lesnar, who left you in a pool of your own blood. I mean, like, yeah, I beat right. Brock Lesnar in five seconds. You couldn't beat him at all. Like, you could have easily had some nice digs right back at Orin, and he didn't take him, and I thought the promo was too babyface. Yeah. Especially yeah. against Orton, who, you know, is, like, if he if we're if we're ranking best heels of all time, definitely right now he's up there on the Mount Rushmore best heels right now easily. And For then sure. and then it's like uh, it's like so against those types of guys, you you can't you got to pull all or you can't pull any punches rather. You have to put out all the stops. So like the little digs and stuff, anything that you can get uh, kayfabe wise to get inside of his head or make him angry or whatever, you do that kind of stuff so he makes a mistake. You don't. Super Babyface isn't going to help you against Orton. Right. Yeah, I um, I think that Drew is there. I mean, it's almost they're doing too much of, like, a white meat babyface with him. Yeah, it's, that's, um, that's the way it's turning into, yes. You can yeah. He's got, he's got a look to him where he could easily, like, have an edge and be more cutting in his promos. But they just, I don't know, they they could try to make him, like, funny and, like, likable. I mean, I don't... I, I'm okay it with... It works, I, but... Yeah, I'm, I'm just, okay with him doing that if he just came off a pay-per-view where he just won a match, right? right? But not because in the middle of a feud. Not in the middle. I think, like, Orton just talked shit about you. Mm-hmm. Now, now, now you're acting like, you know, you got no yeah. super white face, white, white face, <laughs> white, <laughs> white bread baby face, you know, promo. But, like, if... Drew would have started out the show and did that. That would have been fine with me. And then yeah, Orton and then have yeah. Orton come out and talk shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like if, if Drew was in the ring at the beginning of the show and then Orton cut him off and then made the challenge or whatever, that would have been right. a lot better than the order that they did it. Um, I guess they didn't want to overexpose Drew on a three-hour show, which is fine, but we've also seen them overexpose how many things? Way more than that. So right. even that, it's not like a good uh, I mean, crutch to have or – fallback or excuse the um i did like the i mean the ending was somewhat predictable too as far as orton coming out and hitting the, the rko or whatever but 
Um, what do you like about? Did you like the fact that somehow Ziggler had another title shot, but then they just yanked it from him, and no longer it was title. It was no longer a title match. I didn't get that because if they were gonna have him lose anyway, then why not just make it a title match? Who the fuck cares? Yeah, exactly. Why why not put another defense under Drew McIntyre's belt? Right. And you know you we are you're already he, making Ziggler lose. We already know he's gonna lose. We just, know he's gonna lose, and and don't act like it's because you had Orton come on at the beginning because you fucking phoned shit in before like that too, where you buried the lead many times. And it was what? Like, so oh, like, I'm challenging the champion. Where I'm not gonna mention Ziggler at all because you know he's not mm-hmm. winning. We all know he's not winning, but whatever. They're gonna give him another title shot tonight. I mean, it makes McIntyre's run look a little bit better because he'll have two title defenses against Ziggler, or whatever. But I mean, yeah, I didn't understand why you would just snatch that away. You could have easily just said, if all Orton had to do, it could have been another little dig for Orton. If you can get past Ziggler tonight, then I'll be around the corner or whatever waiting for you at SummerSlam. And then, I mean, and then, yeah, we all know he is. So we still know that it's going to be Orton and Drew. And then you could set up the match after Orton hitting the RKO as soon as that match over makes more sense like that, too. Because he's literally right around the corner, out of nowhere, boom, RKO, right after you beat Ziggler. Makes sense. Yeah. Yeah, I, I, I wasn't a huge fan of the order that they did those two promos in uh, with the structure of the show at all. But but yes, Orange yeah. promo is good. But speaking of promos, uh, the one that's been getting a lot of buzz this week is obviously MJF's promo on AEW Dynamite. Yeah, I – okay. It was a – it's a good promo, but you're – I don't like – I don't like burying your own company even if you're a heel. I don't think that that – I don't think it works. I think it's just kind of like when you're when you're like, oh, like this is – you know, it's more like a bunch of WWE rejects and you're a wannabe Stone Cold Steve Austin, like all that shit. You're not making the promotion look good. Yeah. Like you're building heat because people get yeah, irritated with you but, saying it. But are it, you but like... are you building heat with the fans though? Because so there's a lot of core Twitter fans that are enjoying the MJF promo because they agree with him. Doesn't that kind of hurt MJF for being the super heel that he is? That he's always in heel mode 24/7, no matter if he's at a autograph signing or out in public or whatever. And now you're saying stuff that some like a lot of people agree with. Yeah. Even uh, even if even if me and you don't agree with it, or even if we do agree with it, I don't agree with it to the point of I don't think you know, I don't think the people it. that agree with it are AEW fans. No, no, they're WWE fans. <laughs> like, right? So yeah, who cares? Them. You know? Yeah. Why are you appealing to them? Yeah, exactly. That's my point. Like, why are you going out of your way to like we're having the same co- we are having these same conversations where Cody is taking digs at WWE, right? Mm-hmm. But it's okay for MJF to say what he said. That's weird, dude. I don't. He's clearly mentioning WWE in his promo by saying about the guys that are there, right? And that he's going to be there for the 25 years because he's one of the young new guys or whatever, which I get all that. It, it, I understand it. But I feel like his promo hurt the fact that Moxley is champ. Imagine if they let him win. <laughs> Something. We didn't expect him to beat Cody. But WWE fanboys will just jump right on that and be like, oh, look at your your champion's MJF, this little small guy, after you were just praising him last week because he was saying everything that you wanted him to say because that's what you were feeling inside yourselves. But if he be, if, but if he beats Moxley, then it's going to be like, well, how the, why the hell would you have MJF beat Moxley? You know what I'm saying? Like, you know that's going to happen. Sure. <laughs> like, 
Archer Archer's in a weird place, man. He's not really a heel. So he could he could do an MJF. Well, thing. He definitely don't like MJF. He don't like anybody. He, well, yeah. But he's yeah, he doesn't he doesn't have strong heel vibes anymore. Do you like do you uh I there's a lot of talk, a lot of talk this week on Twitter about the fact that Darby Allen is getting a shot at John Moxley next week for the title. Uh, All they've got to do is spin that as John Moxley decided to give it to him for coming out to save him the other night. That's it. But they it, 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 that it, everything up, doesn't need to be rankings. But it's but even if it's rankings, he's still number five. Uh, so who cares? Yeah. I Everybody is up in arms about this ranking thing, man. It's it's the same stuff all the time. I'm I'm sitting there like Dolph Ziggler just got a title shot at a pay per view. What has he done? And for hasn't the last three done months? anything. Three months, yeah. hell, last five years. What has he done? Oh, come on. He, he did that one thing in Survivor Series less there than five years ago. There was a thing, I think it was Sean Ross tweeted out that Ziggler, after he lost the, after he lost the McIntyre at Extreme Rules, was 0 for 10 in his last 10 world title matches. What makes him keep getting title matches in? We're talking about rankings. We're complaining about a number five guy. In a company that says rankings matter, not rankings are the end-all, be-all. Rankings matter. Right. And if you have your number five guy get a title shot, that doesn't make the rankings not matter. Right. But yeah. you got on the other side, Ziggler is is going after Drew McIntyre. In a, the thing is, too, you in can't a just have the number one contender that, against the top guy every yes, fucking yeah, time. I know, and that's why they didn't. That's why they not, never said. Not even that, just in storyline. If, but I mean, just in storyline, that's all you really need to say. In storyline, it wouldn't make any sense because you could have the same guy be the number one contender three weeks in a row, and so he's supposed to get a title shot three weeks in a row. Right. See, then that we're going to complain about how we had to see Cena versus Edge eight times in a row or Cena versus Randy Orton eight times in a row. Now you're going to complain about it in AEW because you want them to follow the ranking system to a T. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. The other thing I don't like, too, um, if, you, if you compare it to real sports, like real sports, um, if you're watching, like, let's say the playoffs of the NFL, the, the teams that end up in the Super Bowl aren't necessarily the one and two teams either. So you, the best-ranked teams don't always play each other just because they're the top two or whatever. Yeah. It's not always just about rankings. It's about who else – like, it's about who's available. It's about, like, you know – or even a better comparison would be MMA or boxing. Like, every championship fight is not against the number one contender. Correct. Because they're – not always available. If they are available, they might already have something else in their contract where they're supposed to be wrestling somebody else or they have other shit going on, don't have time to do a fight camp, like out with injury, um, have to take some time off for personal, like whatever, just not in the fucking country. Like there's a bunch of different reasons that in MMA and in boxing, the number one contender, every, every fucking championship fight is not against the number one contender. Yeah. It never has been. Nope, and so, I don't understand why I don't understand why people are taking it so damn. You had Anderson Silva against Chael fucking Sonnen. Do you think Chael Sonnen was the number one contender? <laughs> I don't think Chael Sonnen's ever been number one contender, but um, but like uh, there's they, reasons to want to watch the match outside of the rankings, so yeah, yeah. they put on the match. That's I don't know why people are thinking about it any more than that. Rankings still matter. If you're number one contender, you have a claim to say, hey, I'd like to challenge for the belt now, which is what MJF but, is doing currently. Exactly. Like it's it's so silly, dude. 
The people that people that are on this, they just need to fucking quit. It's not even a good point. It's nitpicking, in my opinion. Like unnecessarily nitpicking, just because you know, you're trying because to you're trying to spin you're trying to spin something that they said into something that they didn't say, just so you can have a reason to not like what they're doing. It's not like John Moxley is going out there and putting a world title match on the line against Peter Avalon next week. Right. Because that was the rankings wise, that's the essential matchup you got for a pay per view that you paid ten dollars for with Drew McIntyre and Dolph Ziggler. Rankings wise, in the last year, you got Drew McIntyre I mean you got Moxley versus Peter Avalon when you got Drew McIntyre versus Ziggler at Extreme Rules. So unless that happens in AEW, I don't want to hear shit from anybody about a ranking system. Yeah. Uh okay. Other things on AW, how'd you, what you think of Warhorse's performance against Cody? Um, I'm kind of mad they didn't let him speak. Yeah, he's a good talker. Not even an um, interview, like a pre-recorded promo backstage before he came out or anything like that. I didn't, I wasn't a huge fan of that. Yeah, I, I thought it was a good match. I didn't think it was a great match. Um, I think Warhorse can do a lot more than what they were. What they kind of let him show, I guess. Um, Do you think that might have been on purpose? Yeah, I think they end up signing him, honestly, if he wants to be signed. Um, sometimes you can't tame wild horses. Um, I I think it was a good showcase for him. I like the story that they told where he basically only lost because he, you know, he got the knee fucked up um, and he had to tap to the figure four or whatever. And I do like that they're uh, just more, you know, very not subtle hints about the four horsemen shit like oh yeah he's just winning with the four no big deal um but i also like the fact that they made it a point to say that warhorse was studying him and whatever and was like focusing on the back and stuff like that too that was pretty cool and warhorse's elbow drop was is nice yeah his elbow drop is really good yeah um i think they i think they should sign him as well like i will not be like I, everybody is coming out after every Cody match. We're like, oh, you should sign that guy. You should sign that guy if it's if he's going against a guy that you know they haven't signed. Um, but I do believe Warhorse should definitely be signed. He he's a lot bigger than I thought he was too. When he went up to Cody, he was actually almost the same size as Cody. Cody's bigger, but it wasn't by as much as I thought it was going to be. So I was kind of yeah. surprised about that. So yeah, I, I he's got an old school feel. As far as uh, his wrestling style, too. So he's not going out there doing a bunch of crazy stuff. He can jump from the top rope like a macho man. He, he reminds me of a macho man as far as his moveset. Um, yeah. Not just because the elbow, either. But because he can do... He jumped he jumped from the uh, top rope to the outside when he did the double stomp on his back. And then, like, most of his stuff is still just, like, on the mat base it's type like stuff. Brawl. Yeah, he's like a brawler. He's like, he's like a mixture between brawler and technical, but then he'll... He has a few top rope spots if he needs them, and that right. just reminds me of Macho Man for sure. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I hope they sign him. Me. Yeah. Uh, Eddie Kingston was signed, by the way. Yeah, I saw that. Good for them. We'll, we'll get that get to that later and get our thoughts on that because he was one of the guys that I'm referring to where uh, a lot of people wanted him signed, and he did get signed after wrestling Cody, so that was pretty cool. Um, let's see, we got uh, SmackDown. The Fiend attacks Alexa to draw. To draw out Braun, I guess? I don't understand. I mean, you left Braun in the swamp, right? Are you are you trying to draw Braun out so you can get a title match? Or 
to see yeah. if he's still alive. I don't understand what the concept is. No one ever said that Braun's still alive and that he's okay. So why are you going after Alexa now? Wouldn't it make right. more sense to go after Alexa before or after you find out he's still alive? You know, something like well, that. They had to do the tie to Alexa with the little flashback scene and the swamp match for everybody to to get it. Obviously, stupid shit. Um, but I like the I like the fact that they did it with the oh you're talking about because when they actually showed the uh, mixed match challenge highlights is what you yeah. mean? Okay, yeah. Well, yeah, a lot of people didn't watch mixed match challenge. It was a Facebook TV show. I watched it, but yeah, a lot of people didn't get it. Um, I, think I, think, that, I think more people liked it because she was portrayed as Sister Abigail, which was like the big rumor the whole time that Sister well, you know, Abigail before he. Yeah, well, yeah, obviously, but I thought it was I thought it was fucking amazing that they put the two together. Um, well, they, I mean Bray Wyatt's. I didn't. Okay, here's here's what I didn't like about it. I don't like that it seems like they're breaking up Nikki Cross and Alexa. Possibly. I mean, I get the, oh, I'm frustrated, so I'm going to fucking shove you away or whatever, but, like, and they might, you know, come back well, from I that. Mean, Maybe yeah, next week yeah, she's like, oh, she's are like, you okay? She, yeah, or no, she could just be scared. Alexa might not be anywhere around. She could be looking for Alexa and actually worried about her friend, and then, you know. But then Alexa could be the one that turns on her, ultimately. We don't know where they're going to go with this storyline. If Alexa's going to be evil or whatever. Turn her into, like, a real-life Harley Quinn to uh, the Fiend's Joker type deal. No? You wouldn't like to see that? I mean, I'm not saying she has to act like Harley Quinn, because clearly he doesn't act like the Joker, but you get what I'm saying. Like a like a, like a, a Silent Hill type, you know, just crazy looking horror fucking person that comes out with uh, Bray Wyatt to give him another uh, fold to his uh, story. I just, I don't think it works for her. Well, we don't know what she can do or can't do. Um, they should have signed a Batten. Um, that would be cool. <laughs> I would watch that, actually. Um, I didn't, I, I like the angle in the sense that it's something they don't usually do. Um, I like the angle in that it was obviously, I like, I like SmackDown a lot because, you know, the whole show felt like, I don't know. I don't know if it's cause it's on Fox and they just kind of gave up on USA because Fox is way bigger, but I just feel mm. like they're putting way more effort into SmackDown now. Um, even when Heyman was in charge too, like Heyman didn't do a terrible job, but you can just tell that SmackDown is... For for the last couple months now, three months even, is superior compared to Raw. Yeah. By far. What'd you think about um? What'd you think about the uh, Shorty G and Corbin shit? I mean, I'm not gonna care about anything that Shorty G does unless his name gets put back. Chad fucking Gable. So, I thought the move was awesome, obviously, but. Matt Riddle can do that same move to Shorty G. I think it was... I think people are trying to swerve it. I don't know if he's going to go full on heel. Maybe he just wanted to do it just to get recognized because, you know, Corbin got in his head or whatever. But that doesn't mean he's going to be full on heel. Not yet. I think I think they'd be best served to make that a little slow burn thing too because if you keep going back and forth with Gable, then he's going to be just, you know, another big show or Kane where he, you never know what the hell he is because he's already been heel and face a couple times already. Yeah. I mean, I had, uh, I do want to see Gable versus Riddle yeah, who, a lot. I mean, who wouldn't? That's fucking yeah. would be that's money, but you got to also build up Gable properly first. I'm not I trying see, to see Matt Riddle versus Shorty G. I'm not trying to see, see that dumb shit. I want to see Gable versus Riddle versus Gulak in a triple threat, honestly. But uh, 
Dude, what did you think about uh, Biggie's first uh, match as a singles competitor? You know, as far as this story goes. Um, I liked it. It was good. Uh, I like. I kind of like the story of the match. Like he went out there, kind of even with the entrance. He's like, ah, just kind of, you know, yeah, not taking it seriously. Yeah. Kind of playing around, and then in the in the match after fucking Morrison. I, I, yeah. Um, and he kept getting involved in shit, and he was like, "Well, I need to take this shit seriously." Type deal. Got started getting mad and shit. Yeah. He. Uh, I, I thought it was. I thought it was really good, and I also liked. Um, I liked that they let Biggie win with a submission. Um, yeah, the stretch muffler. Well, that was pretty cool. Yeah, I he need he needed that as a as a singles guy. One hundred percent needs some kind of like alternate finisher to the big ending. And I I like that that's what they went with because it looks like it fucking hurts when he does. not Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, it's uh, I I've been saying for a while like I wanted to see him in a singles run, and I like the way they told the story, which is he comes out there still kind of new day ish like. Joking around, fucking around, and then I, I think I don't think it was the Morrison interference that originally got him pissed off. It was something Miz did. He either slapped him or something. It was something like that. I don't remember. But basically, that's what flipped the switch for him, and he got real fucking mad and started started taking it seriously the whole time. And also, I think it makes him look good that he was able to win even with the Morrison interference and all that. So yeah, I he's also a strong start. The only thing I didn't like about it was the announcing by Michael Cole and Corey Graves acting like The Miz was some great singles wrestler when he hasn't done anything in singles in like former three years. World champion. Yeah, yeah. Former world champ in what? 2010? 2009? Yeah, it wasn't that long ago. Against Cena is when he won at WrestleMania, right? It wasn't ten years ago. You're sure? Right, let me I'll look. <laughs> yeah, look. Because Punk left in like 2000, what, 13? He's only, he's only 39, bro. I don't, so what's that, what's that have to do with anything? Championships. Just look up Miz versus... He was Wrestler of the Year in 2017? How? That's crazy. Probably his promo work. Mm. Wrestler of the Year by PWI? Uh, Rolling Stone. <laughs> oh, no, then no. <laughs> yeah. So are we looking up uh, just WWE Championship? Okay. Miz versus Cena. WrestleMania 27. That was nine years ago, correct? Yeah. Oh, he was. Uh, he was in an elimination chamber match for it, but. Yeah. yeah, he's only been one-time champion. He won it at WrestleMania, so WrestleMania 27. So I was right. So yeah, he hasn't done anything singles-wise in at least Bullshit. three years. He was intercontinental. He had that whole fucking intercontinental championship run. Don't don't. And three in the last three years, he's been doing fucking movies and damn his show that's on its third season. So what are you talking about? I'm just saying, don't act like he hasn't done anything except for that one fucking run. Nothing recent enough to, for you to be putting him over like that against Big E. He's been in a tag team for the last year, just like Big E has. No one mentioned Big E's fucking NXT run where he beat Seth Rollins for the title. But we can mention about how Miz won the world title nine years ago? NXT is a developmental organization. <laughs> My point is... And it stands that they shouldn't have built up The Miz as some great singles wrestler in the current fucking match. It wasn't like he was going against, damn, AJ Styles. Um, Miz is the second longest total combined reign intercontinental champion. Did you know that? Yes. 
The only one higher is Pedro Morales. Well, Miz has had it like the most times. I'm pretty He's sure. had it eight times. Yeah, that is the most. Next closest is six. That's Jericho. Oh, no, no. Jericho's, Jericho's nine, actually. Jericho's nine. Okay, so he will have it the most times by the time he's done, though. Eventually, yeah. Well, I'm sure they're not too happy with Jericho leaving, so I'm sure he'll get nine just because we're ten. Uh, Jeff Jarrett has it six, then? Uh, there's a few people that had it six. Okay. Uh, Ziggler, Jarrett, Rob Van Dam all had it six. Gotcha. Fucking Bad News Barrett had it five. Crazy. Yeah, but Jarrett probably had it way longer than any of those guys combined. Um, nope, Ziggler had it longer. Mm, yeah, I could see that. Yeah, Ziggler was 372 and Jarrett was 298. Uh, Impact, Jordan Grace and Deanna Perrazzo does continue, so I'm happy about that. Sammy Callahan versus RVD is set up. What I didn't like about the Sammy Callahan segment, I like the part where she thought he was a fan or whatever, where Katie Forbes thought he was a fan, and then he... And then he's doing the hacker gimmick, basically, in Impact or whatever. Because mm -hmm. I assumed that it was his gimmick to begin with. So he's like, well, fuck it, I'm going to just do a different version of it. Um, but uh, I don't understand why he would put his own face on Katie Forbes' body and not RVD's face on it to piss off RVD. Because I... you're setting up a promo with RVD? So that doesn't I make any know. sense to me. I don't know. Uh, Eddie Edwards versus Eric Young. Uh, continues, hopefully soon they get that match out of the way and not wait for Bound for Glory, because I don't want to see that at Bound for Glory. The Good Brothers uh, versus Ace Austin and uh, Madman Fulton continued. The EC3 vignette aired. You know, I didn't have a problem with what he was saying, but I felt like he was saying the same thing over and over multiple yeah. times, and it was really annoying. I was like, it could have been like half that, and you would have could have got your point across just as easily. Um, Wrestle House thoughts? I actually like it, as it's really different from stuff that Impact usually does. It has it has funny it. it has funny moments, and it has uh, actual wrestling matches in it. That uh, even though the matches are short, it gets a lot of people involved in a company that only has a damn hour and a half, basically. If you take the commercials out. A footage every week so i think that's a good way to get a lot of people involved in that so i like that storyline mm. so yeah i'm gonna i'm gonna keep watching impact um what did you think of nxt with loomis winning the triple threat match do you like the fact that they're going with basically people that haven't won the title yet or yeah the title yet yeah because it does make it more interesting it, it puts like uh especially with like Bronson Reed and stuff like like it's it's going to be a more interesting match for having people that aren't normally competing for that or haven't historically competed for it. Um, Does part of you think I, that they're only doing this because they're about to call somebody else up? I mean, that could be it, too. Um, they might even I they might need Finn Balor back. Um, well, the rumor is that Undisputed Era is getting caught up soon. That's a uh, big hole if you call up all those guys together. Well. Are they going to have – well, it, do, it doesn't seem like that's where they're going because they're having fucking Fish and O'Reilly start the tag shit again. Yeah, but I don't th – I think that's just a short-term thing. I don't think that's a – Just a – are they just trying to give more credibility to Imperium by putting them over them before they go up? Cause... I, think, I think it's just a thing where uh, like when Punk said he was leaving ROH and everybody knew, but then he won the Ring Honor title type deal. 
Like mm. just to, just to swerve you, just to think you hey you think you know what you're talking about, but they're not going anywhere. They just destroyed Imperium, and we're going to have them feud with Imperium well, again, which makes no sense by the way, because Finn Balor still hasn't got a shot against Walter. So I don't think Walter's I don't think Finn Balor's going to go get caught up yet. I think they really do need to follow through on that match, whenever it can take place, obviously. Mm. Uh, and the the people I'm thinking that might get called up, besides Undisputed Era, which is what we've been hearing. Um, since you really have nowhere to go with Adam Cole right now, uh, besides a Pat McAfee show where he literally worked everybody, and I don't know how anybody couldn't tell that was a work, but whatever. Um, but besides that, I'm trying to think of who else could get called up, but you got to remember, just because they've had titles don't mean they're going to get called up. You could call up somebody that's never won a title at all. Matt Riddle got called up. Yep. Uh, Bobby Roode, well, no, Bobby Roode did. Bobby Roode had a title. Yeah. But there's been people that haven't had titles that got called up. Um, Adam Rose got called up way too fast. Bray Wyatt. Yeah, Bray Wyatt never won. Um, there's, I know there's more eluding me right now. Yeah. Uh, no Way Jose never won a title, I assure you. Mm. Um, Bianca Belair never won a title. She's still not technically called up. Yeah, she is. They said that she's a member of the Raw roster. Oh, by the way, oh, okay. speaking of rosters, speaking of rosters, um, that was at the night after WrestleMania, by the way. Um, apparently, the rumor is that there's gonna be another draft. Soon. Jesus Christ! Not that it doesn't matter. You're filming in the same fucking place. Yeah, the rumor so is there's gonna stupid. be a draft in like October. That's the rumor from Dave Metzler at the moment. What? Which is weird because they never do the. They don't usually do the draft until. Right after WrestleMania or whatever, anyway. So I think it's weird that they waited till October this time to do it. They need to just drop the goddamn split brand stuff until there's actually a reason to have split brands again. And you know what, though? Honestly, I'm not sure. Okay, so did you did you hear about the uh, their Q2 earnings? Yeah. So that was a stock I had on my on my watch list for options or whatever. I was gonna put a put on it because I was thinking the whole time like. All right, well, their ratings are in the fucking toilet, and they're not getting any gate from live shows or whatever, so they might actually have revenue down. And I started thinking about it, and I was like, you know, they actually – they're probably saving a bunch of money doing the filming the way they are, and also those those uh, cuts to staff probably helped some of their numbers get fudged a little bit too, so they might actually have a decent earning. So I didn't end up making any play on it because I didn't know which way it was going to go. But they, they the way they ended up presenting it was like, oh, yeah, we fucking – we killed our our revenue and whatever like we fucking destroyed expectations and everything's great and everything's fine man they might not ever go back to doing some of these things like they it's it's very likely they don't go back to doing house shows because the amount that it costs yeah, they for don't need to be doing house and, shows yeah and people have been not, trying to tell them to get rid of house shows for years because first of all it kills the rest of those bodies and that's why they don't like the damn schedule as it is and two no one shows up and three, you're not getting any new fans from doing house shows. Yeah. Like, it's cool for the fans. Like, it's a fan service kind of thing to be able to see them in their own town because they don't have a real fucking stadium wherever they are. And, like, oh, we get to go over to the goddamn Seahawks Center. And, yeah, but what, WWE, what WWE didn't realize is when they started doing house shows, it's because they were selling out those fucking house shows. Right. When we went to that house show with Uncle Mark it and our dad, it packed. was packed. Not a seat was fucking empty we got yeah. to see the new age outlaws stone cold steve austin rock kane undertaker mankind uh d-lo x-pac you know everybody we got to see everybody crazy yep. ass matches uh 
It was crazy. Anyway, it was packed to the fucking Raptors packed. That is not even close to how it is now. So, of course, when they started doing that, and like, oh, we'll just run more. We'll run more. We'll run more because we're going to make tons of money. But they never slow. They never stopped doing them when they stopped making as much money. And right. that's where they are hurting themselves. And I don't understand how they never put those two things together. I've been to a couple house shows. I've been to a couple house shows recently. As far as like the last five years, I've been to two SmackDown ones, and I actually went to a Raw, an actual Raw, and they're not full to the Raptors at all. Um, so yeah, why wouldn't you cut out? There's literally no benefit to running house shows at the moment. It's kind of like preseason games in the NFL. Why? Why are we doing it? You're risking injury. You're not making as much money. Um, No one cares. Uh, Well, I I kind of like preseason games. If you run a bigger stadium, or not even a stadium, but just a bigger arena, or, you know, just a regular arena at all, because they're not really selling those out either, you could sell them out because people would have less chances to get to see them. Maybe they don't want to go see a Raw on a Monday because they got work and they don't want to have to take it off or call out. And so they'll just wait for a house show to come up on a Friday or Saturday, and we'll, we'll just go to that. But guess what? If they can only go to a Raw or a SmackDown, because you don't run house shows anymore, and that ticket is harder to get, you can actually book bigger places and still fill them up because it's more of a uh, rarity that you're going to come across. Because mm. you're not running a show five or six nights a week. You're running a show two nights a week. Right. Yeah, um, they haven't figured out the demand for their supply yet for some reason, which is crazy for a billion-dollar company. Um, they, I think their stock went up like $3. They were at 45 ish and then they went up to 48 ish and some change. Um, so if I had made calls on them, I definitely would have made a couple hundred bucks per contract. But like I didn't, I did not have any idea which way that was going to go. What I should have done is played both sides and done a fucking strangle so I'd make money whichever way they moved, but I didn't yeah. think about it. The only but, way I would ever do house shows again is if I'm doing a tour overseas or in a different country or something. Yeah, um, and it makes sense. Because you don't want to go all the way to England or all the way to Germany, do one show and come back. So obviously you'd have to have like five shows within a and, week. Let them and it's get, more of an attraction their money. There. Yeah, yeah, like, get their money. Yeah, be, because the same concept that I'm trying to make them attraction here by saying that you don't need house shows here. You only need house shows at the other places that you don't ever go anyway because you know right. the motherfuckers would sell. That's the whole point. I it's kind of like it's kind of like collecting a, a comic book or something, and you have a hundred comic books, and ninety-eight of them get messed up. You only got two left. Guess what the price is of those going to be? You can yeah. re- you can jack up the prices on your well, not I mean you get, not, I'm not saying jack them up, but they could be definitely more. And right. you can already make more money by selling more tickets. You can make more money by raising the price of the tickets because uh, you're selling less. You could run smaller stadiums. You don't have to spend as much on. The gas for trucks, the hotels, all that yep. stuff. Like, all that stuff would be drastically cut. So even if you went back on the road again, you could still be pulling out house money so that you're, when you do your next quarterly uh, conference call or whatever, you don't have to worry about, oh, man, we went back down. No, you wouldn't go back down. You'd keep oh, going they're... up probably. Yeah, I don't think they're going to. So here's the other part of those revenues that I don't think people were really catching. Um, in Q2, one of the big reasons that they had so much cash flow that they didn't really highlight, but if you look at the actual balance sheet, it's a big, it's one of the only reasons they were over is because one of the fucking Saudi payments was in on that quarter. 
if you took out that Saudi payment, they did not really do that well. I, you know, I got an I got a sweet idea. Okay, so so with the Saudi thing, right? How come? Well, I mean, I know that why they're not doing it currently, but when the Saudi deal initially broke and they got you know just a shit ton of money in this contract, how come no one it clicked off in no one's head? That it's okay for us to go over there and do a damn show at like 1 p.m. for our time, mm. but we still can't go run a pay-per-view in England. Why don't yeah. we go sell? Why don't we go sell our pay-per-views to other countries like we're the fucking Olympics? Get paid a shit ton of money to do like these three and four show deals, and just go fucking run the big show there because we already know the American fans are gonna watch the pay-per-view no matter what time it comes on. Because the only other country with a government that would pay that is probably India. <laughs> like, because their people love wrestling so much, and because Saudi Arabia's people love wrestling so much. But if you try to make that deal in, like, England, and you went to the, the, the British government, like, hey, like, we'd like to run stuff here, but you have to pay us to do it. They're going to be like, man, you better fuck off. Well, what, well, what do you think? What if, they, what if they do like they're doing with the Saudi, where they try to portray it as, like, a WrestleMania-type show like a big show like that where you're going to get an influx in payment and revenue and stuff because it'll turn basically into a tourist town for that weekend or whatever i think they'd have a hard time making that sell in countries like england and others i think like i said i think india that would work really well in obviously works really well in saudi arabia maybe somewhere in south america what about japan no they love it in japan uh, wrestling in japan's in a weird state like Wrestlers there are there. It's not like it is here, where liking wrestling is kind of like a thing. Mexico, but it's also not like a major sport over there. It's nowhere near Mexico. No, it's, no, no. I mean, like, what if they tried it in oh, Mexico? Yeah, yeah. You could, you could try to run in Mexico, but Mexico already has. So, so the thing about Mexican wrestling is that they're so into the style of Mexican wrestling that I'm not sure there's a big demand for American wrestling. You know what I mean? Yeah, I got. I mean, they could definitely try it. I, you know, I, I could not know what the fuck I'm talking about at all. But I just think uh, if it were me, that wouldn't be one of the first places I go. I would definitely go to. Uh, I would definitely try to go to um, India though, because it, you know, when you're looking at. Um, so one of the thing, one of the things that I do on the side too is I. Uh, there, you can. It's hard to explain this. You can you can buy instagram accounts that have a lot of followers and then do paid like promos and ads and stuff on them with the fan base that they have and there's a few in the wrestling niche and when you look at wrestling accounts that are always for sale it's always like roman reigns fan pages or brock lesnar fan pages with fucking like hundreds of thousands of subscribers but then when you get the report for that page as far as their demographics it's like 80 percent indian dudes and the thing about that is, you know, it's great that they're fans, but from a marketing point of view, they're not big buyers um, as far as like for online stuff. So the thing about that is with with that being such a passionate and active fan base, it, it is weird to me that they haven't tried to do anything in India in the same way they have Saudi Arabia yet. Uh, I just don't think that that model really translates that well to countries outside of those two. I can't think of anywhere else that has like a really crazy like pro WWE fan base like that. Okay, so what do you think about the idea of them running a huge show just because they're making tons of money here again? So, like, let's say they cut out the house shows, right? They're making shit ton of money. They're running bigger arenas. Uh, 
and even if they're not, they're filling out the ones that they would not usually sell out currently, right? So now you can now do you think they might take the chance to go run a big arena somewhere else? Because how long has like British fans been saying, please come back to England or whatever, and they never do, and no one ever has? Could you imagine them running a Wembley Stadium and selling it out if they're able I, to go over there? I mean, I think they'd do fine on gate and stuff, but the difference is they're not going to have a contract with the government. Yeah, no, yeah, I get that. I've already okay. cut that out after you said okay. no. Okay. Then yeah, yeah, for sure. Like I think that they would do fine as far as ticket and gate and, and merchandise and all that stuff. Um, there's just not a big enough – I mean – that's not really any different than kind of what they already do. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I will live. I promise you, I'll live if a, if you put a SummerSlam back over in Wembley Stadium again. Yeah. I promise you, I'll be fine. I don't know what this this notion is that they have, where it's like, oh, all our pay per views have to be in America, man. Because American fans, they they come and buy our stuff. Well, guess what? Canadian fans, for a long time, were your biggest draw. Yep. We've already seen how many times it sells out when you put on even dumb shows like Insurrection or something stupid like that. Shows that don't matter over in England. Imagine another Wembley Stadium where it's Bret Hart versus British Bulldog. Yep. You know, something like that. Like, there, there's still an appetite in other countries where you can fill out those stadiums because they never get to see you live. And you can still right. make it a pay-per-view and make it mean something so that those people will go and pay those crazy ass ticket prices and then we will still watch it here whenever it comes on i assure you yeah i mean especially that you be... and me because i mean there's how many people stay up for new japan now yeah, new japan yeah. at like fucking four in the morning is when it starts and it's a damn uh, four hour show and i'm like come dude, on now in g1 season when i'm in those uh the chat rooms and stuff like it's pretty much all american fans because it's like an american so i i think i've mentioned this before but i i pay for new japan world but I also know where to stream it illegally, and there's always chat rooms in those in those things. So sometimes what I'll do is I'll just have the legit New Japan up because the quality's better and it's more consistent. But then I'll still have the chat up for the stream, just to like see what people are saying as it's going or whatever. And it's like almost predominantly, like almost always predominantly, um, people that speak English and it's like with English names, American names, talking American shit. So yeah, I mean people definitely stay up for. For the G1 um, and and for Wrestle Kingdom, um, Dominion a little bit, but it's it's not as active. But yeah, um, the time zone different shit is not something that it's it's going to stop people from watching the product. So if that's what they're worried about, it, it that doesn't really follow yeah, or make any it sense. Yeah, it, it doesn't make any sense even more so now because you're still getting their ten dollars a month. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not like you're. Yeah, you're not waiting for buys or how, I mean, TV how much ratings are there, or anything like that. How much of their buys do you really think anymore are like sports bars and shit that are paying for it at night for people to watch? Like, it's it's not a big enough market if that even still exists. I mean, I'm sure it exists in some places, like very specific places. But like, it's not like a boxing event or an MMA event where a lot of your buys are you know people buying it for their places of well, business for people to come and watch. Yeah, and that's another reason why I'm saying like. Um... Like if you have a if it's a SummerSlam or a WrestleMania or a Royal Rumble, then it, it ain't gonna matter because people are gonna watch regardless. That's my point. Yeah, I mean yeah. if you're going over there running a Saudi show and you're calling it the Super Showdown or something, and you've already burned us eight times like TNA or something, then yeah, eventually people are gonna stop watching it and just watch it on their own time. But you're still one, you're still getting that ten dollars a month, and two, if you actually put on a show that mattered where a title actually changed hands or something, 
or a storyline was actually ending or a match was happening that people actually cared about. And then it's still going to be gonna a watch Sunday. Regardless. So most people are still going to be off at, like, you know. Yeah, especially if it's, a summer, yeah if it's a pay-per-view. Yeah, if it's a SummerSlam, WrestleMania, Royal Rumble, of course, yes, it'll still be a Sunday, yeah. So the other thing about that is, too, like, even with the five-hour five time zone difference, if you think about how they've been treating their big pay-per-views lately, they've been starting them earlier and earlier every fucking year anyway because they're trying to get in, like, two hours of pre-show and all this yeah. other stuff. They start at fucking three in the afternoon, basically. Mm-hmm. So... What's the fucking difference? Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Um, okay, so uh, I'm going to do stiff shots before we take our break. Okay. Um, usually I don't, but I've only got two. So, uh, But yeah, stiff shots uh, this week are brought to you by Sleeves.com. And Sleeves designs and produces custom compression gear. Everything from arm and leg sleeves to headbands, bandanas, t-shirts, and jerseys. Sleeves carries over 200 different designs for everyone from kids to adults. Now it just got even better because if you use the promo code MONSTER25, that's MONSTER without the vowels, so M-N-S-T-R-25, you'll get 25% off your order even on discounted items. So go to Sleeves.com, that's S-L-E-E-F-S.com for your activewear accessories now and use our promo code MONSTER25, that's M-N-S-T-R-25 for 25% off your order and get your gear on. Antonio Inoki is dealing with some health issues, more specifically uh, with his heart, which is like a hereditary thing and not from his time wrestling. Um, In layman terms, it's called stiff heart, and he has said he sometimes feels like he's uh, suffocating and he takes very expensive medication to try and remedy the situation the best he can, but uh, he's getting in worse and worse shape. Of course, Antonio Inoki, obviously one of, if not the biggest New Japan star of all time and he uh a lot of people were surprised when he made the uh special shout out video to liger for his retirement because they were not expecting him because he's been in bad health um Mm. and then uh the other thing i have is uh anthony green and leon ruff from evolve have officially signed with wwe apparently from what i read when wwe bought evolve the only thing that they did not get were the contracts so they actually have to wait for the contracts with evolve to end before they can sign anybody. They don't actually own the their talent. That I think that's sense. that's due to that country's labor laws, I'm fairly certain. Gotcha. Um, because contracts that exist with a corporation don't um, they don't transfer over to the new corporation because the person signed the contract under a certain understanding of who they'd be working for and, and things like that. So um, you can't transfer ownership of labor contracts. It's, I'm pretty sure what I read about that. Uh, the Anoki thing, the Anoki thing is interesting in the sense that uh, what he's got it's something where uh, a specific type of protein that normally shows up in like your bones is actually just going into other organs. Um, and like you were saying, yeah, it's hereditary. It's it only affects a very small number of people. I want to say. Meltzer had said something about it, too. He said something like it only affects uh, 700 people in Japan or some shit like out of their entire country. So it's a very rare disease. Um, and whatever medication he's on for it, I'm, I'm sure, is expensive as fuck. But, yeah, I mean, that old – he's an old man. Like, you know, Anoki's old. Anoki's yeah. old as shit. So it's not, it's not going to come out of nowhere if and when that happens and he passes. Um, so it's a stiff shot. For a stiff organ, um, I don't think that <clears throat> I don't think anybody expected Inoki to live forever. 
Um, I don't even know how he's he's got to be at least what like fucking eighty almost at least. He's old as yeah, shit. Yeah, he's got to be at least eighty for sure. Let me look. Hold on. Seventy-seven. So, hmm. yeah, still, basically eighty. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's not. Nobody's gonna be surprised if if the worst happens there, but you know, obviously, still wish him the best. Um, the other one with the the evolve stuff. I mean, I kind of mentioned this too. Like, I was wondering if they were going to just do it to get the video library and then just kind of close it up <laughs> because. We had kind of talked about how it's redundant with NXT already anyway, you know? Yep. It's like their minor, minor league, which is strange. Almost about to take NXT on the road and make Evolve the new NXT. Yeah. Well, I guess that is how you make it a real brand, but um, I don't see that happening. The thing about Evolve, too, is everybody that they've ever wanted from Evolve, they've just taken. So I don't. I don't really see the value add of owning it aside from the video library so that they can put together some stuff with people's older matches and and packages. And yeah, that's it. Shit for WWE network. So you can stream it. Yeah. Right. Um, okay. So don't take our break of the show. We get back big deal or not. Uh, top five matches of the week and top three women's matches of the week, of course. And, uh, I've got a special Mount Rushmore as well. This is Ruby Rays, and you're listening to the Monster Cast. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Monster Cast. Big Dealer Nas brought to you by the Great North Apparel. You shouldn't have to choose between quality and sustainability, and every time you make a purchase with the Great North, you are planting trees and preserving our lands, removing garbage from our oceans, and contributing to a sustainable environment. And now you can use our promo code MONSTERCAST in all caps for 30% off your order. So go to thegreatnorth.net today. Uh, I had them as separate ones. I'm going to go ahead and lump them in. Okay. I've got, I mean, I've got three, but the first two are just, it's basically the same thing with different names. Uh, you got Brian Myers coming to Impact, Matt Cardona, Ariane. Uh, and Eddie Kingston in AEW, big deal or not for these signings? Or, well, let me preface this by saying that uh, former uh, Funkadactyl uh, Cameron is not signed with AEW yet, but she did show up on the show to be with Nyla Rose in the tag tournament. Um, also, I've been reading reports that uh, uh, Tenara Conti is going to be on one of the teams as well. Yep, I had to read that this morning, actually. But uh, as far as ones that got actually signed, let's go with uh, Matt Cardona, Eddie Kingston, and then Brian Myers to Impact. Big deal or nah for these companies, go. Matt Cardona is interesting. Do you think it's interesting because he immediately teamed up with Cody and Cody was, like, cool with it and already raising his hand and stuff when they've already been kind of teasing Cody as a heel or going down the heel path? right. That and I also didn't think they would be so blatant about that he's here because he's Cody's friend. Yeah. But, but, I, but, but I guess that makes sense why he would be helping out Cody randomly, though. 
for his yeah. debut. He's coming out to help Cody. He clearly doesn't have anything against damn. Uh, who was it? Dark Order? Who was it that attacked him? I can't remember now. Who attacked who? Cody. Oh. Um, I think it was Dark Order, but I'm not positive. I think it was. Uh, it is weird that we don't remember. Well, who else would be? Yeah, I think. Him? Yeah, I think it was. It had to be Dark Order. Nobody else really makes sense. Yeah, that didn't make sense to attack him, but whatever. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty sure it was Dark Order. Um, I, I don't know what they do with. Or like, they're not gonna have him a fucking tag team. No, for sure with not. Cardona. Um, also, that little bit of time off with no wellness policy. Fucking <laughs> yeah was yeah. Are we just gonna ignore that? No, I didn't um, ignore it. That's one of the first things I said Jesus when it came out. Christ. Yeah, it's 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 amazing what you can do once the wellness policy is not as strict. Um, he looked good though. I guess I could I could kind of say that he looked better before, but at least he looks more like a heavyweight, like he'd be taken more seriously against the bigger guys now. Yeah, I mean he's that he's not a. He's never been a small dude. It's just that, you know, when yeah. you look at him in WWE and fucking literal, you know, Land of the Giants or yeah, whatever. But he's like, always, yeah, think, he's always been into lifting, or like working out and stuff too, though. Yeah, he's always been fit, but he's also like, uh, he's like 6'2 or so. Um, and like, he's always been in good shape, but he's never just looked that fucking thick. Like, he just looked huge. Yeah, it looked like a damn WWF Attitude video game, like somebody just pasted it on him. It was crazy. Yeah, it was there. It was weird. But yeah. I'm yeah, when he, it. like when he used to come out in uh, in WWE or whatever, like he he was always, you know, he'd always come out with a pump or whatever. Like you could tell he had just yeah, he was ripped, lifted a little bit backstage yeah, or whatever. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. He, now he just looks fucking huge, man. It's crazy. Yeah. And I don't know if maybe it's you know it, maybe he's always looked that big and just because he's been in WWE standing next to bigger dudes like you don't notice yeah. and you know he was out there beating up on the dark order so you know those aren't the biggest jack dudes except for the little short one he's fucking huge but yeah. because he's so short it's like eh. yeah <laughs> you don't notice the, it as much the little fucking idiot yeah fucking idiot ah oh, man BTE was so fucking funny this dude week. i the funniest thing i the Dark Order segments are my favorite parts of yes. the BT. The last, no. the well, the last two weeks they both made me laugh out loud. But this one even more so because uh, because Silver broke character. Oh, that shit yeah. was so funny. <laughs> oh, I laughed so hard, dude. He slapped the shit out of him. I, I was waiting for Brody to crack too. I can't believe he didn't. But yeah, I, I think he slapped him to save himself from cracking. I don't know what the hell was going on, but that shit was too good. Yeah. And so one of the other dudes that were sitting around the table was already kind of cracking before. Yeah. Oh, it was, it was really good. Um, Who the fuck is Griff <laughs> So are you doing the fucking Dark Order sign, or are you raising your hand? <laughs> uh, um, okay, and the other thing is uh, a little bit bigger of a deal. Oh, so, so what? Uh, did you think it was a big deal for Cardona and Kingston then? It's, yeah, Kingston's obviously a big deal. I think we talked about that a little bit earlier and last week that we def- I think we both thought he should definitely get signed. Yeah, um, I, I'm thinking that whenever Inner Circle breaks up, he should be with uh, Proud and Powerful for sure. Yeah, and there you go, trios again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. He's he'll fit in really well there. I, um, Cardona to me, 
being friends with Cody, he'll at least get a real push. Um, I hope he doesn't end up in the Sean Spears position. Well, the Sean Spears position isn't really a terrible position. I mean, you got totally Blanchard as your manager. You just got another. I mean, I get that you got another gimmick change, but gimmick change. But the chairman ran its course. Like you can't be the chairman forever. You know what I'm saying? Like there's only so far you can go with that, especially when the feud with the main guy that you did it with that you capitalized on, which was smart. Because the only reason that the chairman worked is because when he hit chair, when when he when he hit Cody with the gimmick chair. It didn't gimmick, and then it busted his ass open, and then they ran with it, which is what they said that they would do from the get. Like, if something got over, they right. were going to keep it, or they were going to try to put it over. Um, yeah. Like, you know, Orange Cassidy, Chris Statlander, you know, they've had right. instances in this in the past. So, But to a certain point, you can only run with that character so long. So I do yeah. like the new character. I like where Spears is currently slotted. I don't like that he keeps losing all his major matches, but right, that's, that's it's, still what I'm a better, it's still a better spot than he was in in WWE, so... Yeah, he's basically just jobbing to everybody. At least he wins on Dark now. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, he wasn't even winning on main event, I guess. But um, Matt Cardona... I... Do you want to see what he does? Right. Do you want to see yeah. what his character is first that he came up with? I... I can't like, imagine what it's going to be aside. He's still doing the fucking Long Island thing with his hands, so. Well, I, I mean, he did say that on, on whatever show he was on that he wasn't going to be Zack Ryder, so we'll see, but. I forgot what his, they already gave him a nickname. I can't remember what the hell it was now. Yeah. But anyway, uh, and the other thing I have is um, New Japan Pro Wrestling announces KOPW Cup. Which is, I assume, King of Pro Wrestling? Is that what that stands yeah. for? Okay. Uh, which uh, seems like a combination of my internet title idea with tournament, with a tournament to determine the first holder, and then the championship will reset at the end of the year. Um, and the reason I said it sounds like a, like a combination of all those things is because they're going to let the fans and the actual competitors in the tournament decide match stipulations, which I thought was kind of cool. Yeah. They, wanted, they wanted to have something different. For this title or this trophy that might turn into a title, I don't know what the hell they're going to go with it. It's still pretty early in all this, but uh, even with all their other titles, does this seem like a big deal to you, or do you think they need to get rid of some of those open weights that you've been talking about? Uh, I I don't think they should get rid of them. Do you think this is something to keep Okada relevant? (laughs) Okada doesn't need anything let's to say. Do let's, hey, let's keep the title on. Let's get let's create something so Okada can do something while he's not in the world title picture. So we can stop running the when same storyline where he's lost. When you say create something, what do you mean? Well, they created the the cup and the tournament and the whole thing. The whole thing is created. King of Pro Wrestling has been around forever. This isn't a new thing. The, they've been running King of Pro Wrestling for like a decade, dude. Yeah, it's, I don't It's know. a regular pay-per-view so what do you mean yeah and that's not what i'm talking about i'm talking about the the whole tournament the whole tournament is not is is new where you got the trophy and the title and all the the different combinations of the uh match stipulations and stuff that is new and the, the titles or the cup is going to reset at the end of the year it wouldn't have been a big deal if it was something that wasn't new okay yeah i i mean i get that they're doing the the kopw title or and whatever they also but said uh before i forget i don't think they it's also, something they're gonna go 
it's not going to keep him relevant because he's not going to go fucking defend it. Yes, they said that they can defend it. That's where I'm getting at. They also said that whoever wins it can actually defend it throughout the year. That's why I'm thinking they might as well just make it a title and not a damn trophy. I don't understand why they just want to make it another title. I guess maybe they even know that they have too many damn titles. Who knows? Who knows it won't be a title eventually. Maybe they're just testing the waters to see what happens, just like the AW is doing with the women's tag tournament. Who knows? I think it could be a big deal, but I don't think it is a huge deal right now. Like, I'm kind of excited for it, but I don't think it's, like, it's not something like, uh, like, oh, this is going to have so much prestige and stuff behind it. Because, you know, they could just drop this whenever they want if it doesn't work out, so. Then they also announced another tournament with the, uh, because the six-man titles finally got dropped. And they announced a, I think it's, I don't remember how many people are in it. I don't know how many different teams are in it, but uh, one of the teams is, damn, Tanahashi, Ibushi, and fucking Master Watto. Yeah. And if they win, no, they better not win these damn titles just so that Watto can have a fucking title under his, no, that's so stupid. That is so dumb. Oh, God, I hope they lose. He's going to beat Okada. I don't remember the other team's. Besides that one, obviously that one stuck out because I was like, oh my god, they're literally just having him try to ride somebody else's coattail so he can have a title. But I'm telling you, he's not going to catch on. I can already tell. Um, at least not look, with that gimmick. The gimmick is stupid. Look, not everybody has a great gimmick from the start, or it takes some time to get over That's sometimes. That's great, but he shouldn't have a title. Well, with fucking Tanahashi and boot. It'll help him I don't get know over. If it work- I don't know if it works like that in Japan or whatever, but if you did that in America, they would boo the shit out of him because they can see exactly what the hell you're doing. What? You're like trying to him shove him title? down over mouth. Yeah, you're trying to shove him down our fucking throats. You're trying to pair no. him and give him a rub with two other guys. Like, who people, are you? You're nobody. People enjoy Master Wado. No, they don't. You don't you, know. You heard the fu- Yes, I do. I heard the fucking crickets when he came out fucking three nights in a row. They were so in awe of him. Yeah. Anyway, so we're going to get up to the... They were showing respect to their master, bro. Mr. or Mr. Master, Mr. Wado, whatever you want to call him, he sucks. Master. It's Master Wado. Yeah, well, you call him Master Wado. I call him Mr. Wado from now on. Uh, the Wado from fucking Star Wars is better than this guy at wrestling. Raise to the top matches of the week. Brought to you by Ray's Energy Drinks, 300 milligrams of caffeine. You can take it as a pre-workout or whenever you need an extra boost throughout the day. Zero sugar. You can buy it from GNC, Crunch Fitness, and Planet Fitness. But if you go to repsports.com or Google Ray's Energy and click the link, you can use our promo code MONSTER and get 15% off your order. And you can also select auto shipping and get an additional 10% off your order. So go to repsports.com, that's R-E-P-P sports.com, and use our promo code MONSTER for 15% off your order and raise some hell. Now, I think I'm going to start with the women's this week. I think I started with the men's last week, but uh, I've got three women's. I actually have uh, six men's because uh, one from AEW Dark had made it, and usually that doesn't happen. Uh, yeah. But then they got knocked all the way down to six, and I was like, ah, oh, man, I really, if there's a good dark match, I kind of want to keep it on there. So I'll give them the, I left them on there. I didn't delete them. But uh, women's first, number three is Sheeta versus Diamante from AEW. I gave it two and a half. Um, mostly not because of really the match. The match is good. I don't, I don't think their styles meshed well together, and sometimes that 
sometimes even like complete opposite styles can still put on a really good match, but this just wasn't one of those times. Um, also, I kind of knew, I mean, kind of, I knew Sheeta was winning. There's no kind of new. You knew Sheeta was winning the match, so that also hurt yeah. the final overall uh, thing. There was no point in the match where it was like Takahashi, where somehow they got me believing that he might actually be evil for fucking two titles. But um, So yeah, we never had that moment. So two and a half. Uh, next up, I've got Asuka versus Sasha from Raw. Two and three-fourths. And we already know why this match didn't get way more than that. It's because right. the ending was shit. And the number one was from NXT. Uh, Io Shirai and Tegan Knox versus Candice LeRae and Dakota Kai. I gave it three stars, even. Um, really good match. I thought uh, Shirai and Knox did really well as a tag team. Um, for the men, the number six, the AW Dark match, was actually Silver and Reynolds, the stupid idiots. Well, what? Hold on a sec. Um, no honorable mention for Shotzi's match? Versus no, Mercedes? Uh, no, I didn't like it. I thought it was too short. And, uh, yeah, Did you not I, like how the had... whole thing changed off of one German suplex? No, the German suplex was the best part of the match. <laughs> uh, other than that, it was nothing. I mean, it wasn't yeah. It wasn't that great. Um, that was all right. It wasn't better than Sheeta versus Diamante, which I had number three. So, yeah, there's I no said, way. I said honorable mention. No, there's no honorable mention for that. Uh, he said he hates you, Shotzi. Number six, no, I did not. <laughs> Number six uh, from AEW Dark is uh, Alex Silver and Alex Silver, John Silver and Alex Reynolds from uh, Dark Order. I think this is the first time they've ever been on my top five. Another reason why I didn't really want to knock them off the mm. the segment, uh, but their match representing Dark Order versus Best Friends from AEW Dark got three stars from me. I thought it was really good, um, and I wish they would do that more often. Where uh, I, I feel like they could do more with Dark Order as far as, yeah, if you want uh, Silver and Reynolds to lose, that's fine. But there's a reason why Dark Order got them, and it's not just because they were the only ones that said yeah. Like, make them have a legitimate shot at winning or at least be competitive like Everrise was until NXT this week. Um, mm. And they did that here on Dark where, you know, they actually had a really good match and a good showing with best friends. Uh, number five, from AEW Dynamite, three stars, was the Moxley and Darby versus Cajun Starks match. Um, the skateboard spot, man, that shit was crazy. How yeah, did, why did Stark say yes to that? Looked, too. Why did Stark say yes? I did, I would have never guessed in a million years that Starks would have been like, okay, yeah, let's do that. Like, he doesn't strike me as that kind of person, but yeah, now I have a much higher respect for him and his toughness because fuck that. That would not have been me. Well, you know, on so it's 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 not obviously completely gay. Take down the length of those tacks by about half when they do that spot. Um, and for most of the ones in the bags of tacks, too. They just cut the, the stem thing in half um, so it doesn't go in as deep. But the uh, I saw the after pictures because yeah. when he first did it, I was like, damn, man, he just got so many of those embedded in his back. But it was worse because, because that slid. shit slid first. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Way worse. I don't care how Holy much. You, I don't care how much you cut them down. If it fucking slides on you, you're screwed. Yeah, that shit's got to feel like a goddamn cat scratch, man. I He's lucky it didn't slide more. He's lucky it didn't slide more, honestly. Yeah. Oof. I mean, yeah, but my thing is, if they were full length, 
tacks and went down that far, it would have been like open fucking holes, not just like scratches, you know? Yeah, and the crazy thing about it is if you watch BTE this this week or Monday when it came out or whatever this week, it, a new one will come out next week but uh, or tomorrow. But um, when they were filming the uh, FTR versus uh, um, Cutler and Avalon match, they were saying mm. that it was like 12 o'clock at night. Right? So they clearly filmed that after Dynamite. Mm. So if he had another match on Dynamite, possibly, I don't know, because I, I'm sure they're going to have a shit ton more matches because the last few weeks they've had like 12 matches, 10 matches, shit like that. But uh, if he had to wrestle again later, that would suck. I hope they didn't. I hope he didn't have to. But I would also like it if he comes out with the DDP bandage, if he has to have a <laughs> match on, uh, at least on Dynamite, too, you know? Yeah. Just all taped up around. Yeah, 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 for real. Like he, I mean, there's not too much other ways you could sell it. I mean, we're, we're clearly going to see it if you have a match. So it's not, it's not like it's going to go away that fast. I don't think it's going to go. We away can just that do fast. one of those big squares of taped gauze like they do for tattoos on people's backs too. Yeah, yeah. At least on the. Well, it doesn't have to be the entire back, but that one part where it slid for sure. Because the other part of his back was mostly just going straight in. Mm -hmm. You could tell where it slid at. Obviously, I mean, it was insane. And I thought Darby does some crazy shit. Like he's does some insane stuff, but this one was actually him doing it to somebody else. So I was like, "Dang!" Like if somebody was saying, "Oh, we'll do that to Darby," no, no question, Darby's saying yeah. But yeah. for Ricky Starks to say yeah, I was mind blown. Um, number four was the triple threat from NXT: Dexter Loomis versus Finn Balor versus Thatcher. Um, I didn't think it was nearly as good as the Bronson Reed one. Um, Loomis still hasn't grown on me as a face. Um, nor do I feel like he has been built up big enough to go over on Balor or Thatcher. I thought if they were going to go with somebody that hasn't had a title yet, it should have been Thatcher winning this. Um, and I think it would actually done less damage to Loomis to take the pinfall or the submission than it did for Thatcher to take it. Because obviously Finn Balor is getting protected. We all, we all know that. But, uh... I thought it would should have went the other way around. I thought Thatcher should have won, because um, now you're already starting off the ladder match with two baby faces. By the way, um, yeah. number three was Omega and Paige, who seem to always somehow be in my top five. They're running away with this Best of 2020 Monster Awards, uh, second annual Monster Awards this December, but uh, they came in third this week against the main Dark Order, the Evil Uno and Stu Grayson. Everybody talks about how great Stu Grayson is, and I'm not denying that he's good. I think people are pumping him up a little bit too much. When JR is in the match and you've got fucking Omega and Paige on the other side and you're saying that Stu Grayson is the best in the match. Let, mm. let, let, let pump the brakes there, JR. Like, and then everybody, of course, you know, gets on that bandwagon. I'm like, Stu Grayson, you're good. Don't get me wrong. The match was really good, especially... The spot where they did, like, the double senton thing, that was pretty cool. Um, but Stu Grayson is no Kenny Omega or Adam Page. Let's just throw right. that out right now. At least not right now. Um, number two was Cody versus Warhorse. I actually really enjoyed it with the storytelling. The title was on the line. Um, the only thing I didn't like was Warhorse didn't get a promo before, but that has nothing to do with the actual match. Um, I do not like the – I didn't really like the uh, fact that Warhorse kind of bowed out at the end either. Like – I thought it would have been cool if he would have helped them take out Dark Order Yeah. as well. I mean, I know what it took away from Cardona's debut, but I feel like Cardona's debut kind of 
made us all forget about Warhorse way too fast. But maybe that was their intention in case they want to sign Warhorse and keep him off TV and have him like almost like a re-debut type deal. So, I mean, I don't hate it too much, but everything about the actual match I loved. Um, and then number one was from New Japan Summer Struggle Night 3 or 4. I don't even know what the hell night they were on, but Suzuki versus Nagata. Hmm. Three and three, four star. I gave three and a half to uh, Cody and Warhorse, by the way, and three and a third to the tag team match between Omega Page versus Dark Order, and three and a fourth to the triple threat. I don't know if I've been saying the stars or not, but anyway. Uh, Suzuki and Nagata, three and three, four stars. Two 50 plus year old men uh, who apparently don't have to watch Matt Jackson's gardening or painting on BTE, uh, just beating the shit out of each other. Great match. It was like 20 minutes. 20 minutes. Could you imagine if someone said Undertaker versus Goldberg go out there for 20 minutes? Oh, wait. Never mind. Uh, but, yeah. So, Suzuki versus Nakata. If you want to see two 50-year-old dudes have a 20-minute match and it actually be good, I suggest you go watch that match. Um, next week, I'm uh, really interested in seeing Moose versus Heath Slater. Or Heath Miller, which is probably what he'll end up going by. I can't imagine them just going to keep calling him Heath like a candy bar. But uh, if Heath wins, he gets a job with Impact. So he's probably not going to win. I I don't like that they're kind of rehashing that free agent storyline. Where he's going back back and forth doing this between Raw and SmackDown. And they kept saying if he would win his match, he could get on. But we'll see where it goes. Maybe he gets the upset. Who knows? Uh, and then the huge tag team match on AEW. And then, of course, Cody will defend it again. So those are things I'm looking forward to next week. Are you looking forward to anything specific next week? Um... Or this week, technically now. I'm I'm kind of I'm I'm really kind of curious where they go with the MJF thing from here because you can't just have him come out and cut a promo every week. Um, uh, did you see that interview with um, that uh, Carl Anderson did with I want to say Sportskeeda, maybe somebody I think it's Sportskeeda Wrestling, um, where they're where they basically flat out said they're they're trying to get AJ to come over to fucking Impact. Like, they're texting him constantly, trying to get him to come in, come over to Impact. I don't know why he would do that, though. Uh, Money-wise, I don't either. But maybe he's got enough money now. But uh, uh, didn't he sign, like, a five-year contract? He can't. He cannot get out of that. There's no hmm. way he can get out of that. Well, he could just be a dick until they let him go. Also, <laughs> they probably would. also why Impact? Because that's why where would, they are. Yeah, I get that. But why would AJ want to go to Impact? I have no idea. That's, yeah, I mean, I don't get it's where he's from, kind of. Not really. They moved to Canada and they got completely different people. I don't. I, I don't see him. I don't see him going to Impact. Sorry. I don't either. But they're trying. Um, and then also next week. Um, I mean, I I am. I wasn't at first, but now seeing how they're doing the booking now, I actually am kind of invested in the um, in the North American title triple threat matches for the tournament. Um. So it'll be interesting to see who else gets into that. Uh, you know what I'm not excited about at all is the strong, Roderick Strong versus Johnny Gargano stuff. Like, what is that? I thought that that was basically done. Gargano just beat him, so why are they? Why would they keep doing it? But they wrestled in the triple threat, and then they wrestled again this week. Right. I don't know if it's done. I mean, I get Undisputed Era came out and destroyed Imperium, but but even so, like, what was the point? Why, why am I seeing two heels that... 
I don't have a vested interest in either one winning because I don't care go after each other with like no personal animosity or anything besides Twitter jabs. But people want to bitch about, oh, I don't watch BTE, so I shouldn't I shouldn't have to watch BTE to follow the storyline. Well, guess what? There's no storyline with Gargano and Roderick Strong unless you're following them on fucking Twitter. I don't even think that counts as a storyline. But, yeah, I... um. I mean, I would have liked it if they would eventually brought Roderick Strong's wife, who has been training with NXT forever, it seems like now, Marina, and it would have been a uh, mixed tag or something. I would have been down for that, but it really has served no purpose whatsoever. To get think... Garg- Gargano a win? I don't understand. Well, yeah, or maybe they're trying to make him a face again slowly. I, I think know. you have a better. I think you have a better shot of turning fucking undisputed era's faces at the moment with them yeah. going after Imperium. Yeah, for sure. I feel like they were cheering them when they did it. Well, that and also it's. I mean, yeah, but and if there were a crowd there, there they obviously would have been fucking cheering them. Yeah. Because Imperium also heal. But the thing about that is, it's not exactly a face move to go out and four v two people. Yeah, yeah. So like, it's. <laughs> Just out of frustration, like, yeah. man, we're all fucking losing, like, fuck this, we're going to yeah. go beat up somebody. <laughs> and yeah. and we're going to go beat them up with two times as many people, but yeah. Oh, nice beard, by the way, Kyle O'Reilly, by the way. Mm. He's got a nice beard going. Yeah. Very, very trimmed up and everything, very professional. Okay, it's so last thing. Zach Ryder, but he's trying. Yeah, so last thing of the show, uh, Mount Rushmore, which we haven't done in phew, months, maybe, mm-hmm. uh, WWE on Fox's Twitter had posted a question before SmackDown on Friday night asking the fans, if HBK is Mr. WrestleMania, then who is Mr. SummerSlam? Tons of fans and former wrestlers weighed in. However, I thought we'd take it one step further and do a rush more of the best SummerSlam talents since we haven't done one in a while. Um, I'll start with my number four because they're, I mean, they're not really in order, but they're kind of in order. Like, my number one is definitely in order. Like, my Mr. SummerSlam is who I would pick if I was answering the Fox question uh, on Twitter. But we're going to go with the other three first. Uh, my number four is actually Stone Cold Steve Austin. He he beat Yokozuna in 96. He beat Owen Hart in 97 for the IC title. He beat Undertaker in 98 for the world title. He lost in a triple threat match in 99 with Mankind and Triple H. And I can't remember if he beat or lost to Kurt Angle in 01, but... That's a lot of talent right there you're going against, and you're accomplishing a lot three straight years by beating Yokozuna, then winning the IC title against Owen, and then winning the world title against Taker three consecutive years at SummerSlam. So uh, Austin is my number four on the Mount Rushmore. My number three is actually Shawn Michaels. Just mm-hmm. skipping his Rockers run, if he had any Rockers matches, I'm not even sure. I'm sure he actually he probably at least had one. Um yeah, but even Razor Ramon that, ladder Razor, match. Yeah, Razor Ramon ladder match in 95. In the 2002, Triple H, Triple H street fight. Yeah. In 05, he made Hogan look like the closest thing you can get to an American version of Omega versus a doll. Like, <laughs> like I mean, what I mean, what else do you want from Shawn Michaels at that point? Um, I'm actually mm-hmm. surprised he wasn't in more WrestleManias. Um, SummerSlams? No, yeah, SummerSlams. I mean, I, I'm actually surprised he wasn't in more SummerSlams. Um towards the end of his career, like that second run of his career. Mm. Like, there's a lot of matches. I mean, he had a couple tag teams with uh, Triple H as DX, where, like, they went against uh, McMahon and uh, the McMahon, Shane and Vince. And uh, they had another one where they went against somebody. But other than that, he didn't really have anything in his later years besides the Hogan. 
but the Hogan was so good, and we still talk about it. We talk about almost all those, actually. We talk about the Razor match. Uh, we talk about the Triple H street fight, which is like his bit first big match after he came back after four years, and motherfuckers jumping off of ladders and through tables and stuff, I mean, which was crazy. Uh, and then, of course, the Hogan match, which was asinine and fantastic all at the same time. Um, my number two is actually Mankind. Hmm. Uh, he had the Taker Boiler Room Brawl in 96. He had uh, a match against uh, Triple H in 97 that he won. And then, of course, he's the one that won the triple threat between Triple H and Austin for the world title in 99. Um, so, yeah, Mankind's my number – well, he's not really my number two, but you get what I'm saying. I'm just going in order from the top because the whole thing is – like, I'd probably put HBK and Austin above Mankind, actually, on the list if I was to rank them. But my number but hold one – Hold on. Before you name your number one – Yeah. Before you name your number one. Um, I, my number one is probably not your number one, but if it is, I would be very surprised because I think you're going to say Bret Hart. It is Bret Hart. Okay. And I'm very disappointed in you because Because it's not ultimate warrior. No. Okay. So who do you think it is? John Cena. No. 100%. Absolutely, John Cena. Period. Like, and he's not even on your list, which is so. I, I had Bret Hart on mine. I had Shawn Michaels on mine. Um, Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, um, John Cena was number one by far. And if you look at, here, here's why. Um, you've got. It's not like he's got a great winning record at it, but a lot of his matches at SummerSlam were extremely important matches. You've got the the Brock Lesnar match. You've got the Seth Rollins match. You've got the Daniel Bryan shit where Daniel Bryan beat him at SummerSlam. Um, the AJ Styles match, which was just fucking great. Uh, I know he had at least one the Randy AJ Orton Styles match. match. Yeah. He had versus a... AJ Styles was Royal Rumble. He wrestled against AJ Styles in 2016 at SummerSlam. I'm telling you. I'm sure he, he might have also wrestled him at fucking Royal Rumble, but... No, it, it was 100%. They also had a SummerSlam match, and it was a very good match. I'm surprised you don't remember it. Yeah, uh, because it wasn't a good match. It was nowhere close to the fucking Royal Rumble match. Okay. Well, you'll have and to And losing that. to Daniel Bryan doesn't do anything for John Cena's SummerSlam career. It does something for Daniel Bryan's. Being Mr. SummerSlam doesn't mean you win every fucking match. You got Shawn Michaels on there, and he lost to Hogan. So what are you talking about? Yeah, like, so it's, what? It's not, it's not just about whether or not you win. I don't think Cena did great in the match. I not like fucking HBK did against fucking Hogan. I think you need to go watch that. He's basically wrestling a goddamn broomstick. I think you need to go watch that, that AJ Styles match from SummerSlam before you start mm, talking shit, because I don't even think uh, you remember it. Yeah, I don't think I remember because it wasn't good. Bullshit. It wasn't good enough for it to be Let's, a fucking talking point for him. If it's uh, anything, a talking Dave, point for AJ Styles or Dave Daniel Meltzer, Bryan, not John Cena. SummerSlam 2016. Dave Meltzer star ratings. WWE SummerSlam 2016. Usos, American Alpha. Skip, skip, skip. AJ Styles versus John Cena, 4.5 stars. You're going to sit there and tell me that wasn't a good fucking match? I don't give a fuck what Dave Metzler rates okay. it. Okay. So, so do you, do you think all you, ratings, all, you agree with all of Dave Metzler's ratings? I, I think that he's generally got a better feel for it than most people. And if he's rating something four four and a half stars, and you're over here like, oh, I don't remember it because it wasn't good, like, you're out of your fucking mind. It's not good because of John Cena. 
who yes, you were saying is by far number one. Yes, it was. He's when by you got far Bret Hart yes. versus fucking Mr. Perfect from 91 versus Bulldog at Wembley Stadium in 92 in the yep. cage match with Owen and Hart in 94 and, and fucking beat Taker in fucking 97 for the fucking title? No. Bret Hart's number one. Uh, no. John Cena. And it, it's John, not John, John Cena. Cena. Yes, it is. John no, Cena it's is not. John Cena is Mr. SummerSlam. Whether you fucking, I know you're a fucking Bret Hart, Mark. I don't care. I'm not saying he's not on the list. He is. But Bret John Hart Cena is, is Mr. Mr. Summer... SummerSlam. No, no fucking way. I assure you, Bret Hart is Mr. SummerSlam. It's not even close. It's not even close to John Cena. It's not John Cena, and it will never be John Cena. Okay. All right. Anything else before we go? Oh, one more thing. Um, uh, I posted a new YouTube video of waves one through three of the WWE Masters of the Universe. Um, I got my hands on wave three uh, earlier this morning, um, which I was actually really nervous that I wasn't going to be able to get because they got came out um, oh, almost like a month ago. Mm-hmm. And our... This, the local Walmart here, which is what they're exclusive to coming out of. Oh, uh, also, I wanted to, before you continue, instead of Mankind, I had Undertaker, by the way. But, anyway, continue. Yeah, I wouldn't have Undertaker. I mean, I, Undertaker was in the discussion when I was uh, thinking about it, but, I mean. Uh, you got you got to remember about Undertaker. A lot of his really good matches were r- way later in his career. And they weren't taking the place at SummerSlam. They were only at WrestleManias. Um, if I had to do a top, okay, but if I had to do a Mount Rushmore of fucking WrestleManias, then did Mankind ever fucking wrestle himself at SummerSlam? I don't think so. Anyway, uh, Masters <laughs> of the Universe waves one through three. Um, YouTube video up now on our MonsterCast um, YouTube channel. Um, I'm actually going to do another unboxing. Uh, when my AEW figures for Wave 1 get here. But anyway, like I was saying about Wave 3, I was scared that I wasn't going to be able to get them. I thought when when uh, they finally came back out with some more figures that it was actually going to be Wave 4 and I was going to miss Wave 3 altogether. But I got lucky. Got the whole uh, set this morning. You can check it out on the YouTube page. Uh, now I'll be going after Wave 4 whenever it comes out. I thought I was done being stressed out over making sure I got every single figure, but apparently not. Apparently they're doing a Wave 4, and Wave 4 is going to have Fiend, Jake the Snake, um, and two others. I don't even remember off the, off the top of my head, honestly. Um, and then I'm going to do a uh, another He-Man video uh, with the two rings. I'm getting a ring in the mail coming right now, a specialty ring for the He-Man figures, and I already have one. And so when the other one arrives, I will do another video with that so you guys can see that. And then, of course, like I said, the AEW ring, which I had posted on Twitter when I got it, uh, which I have. But I'm going to wait to do add that into the video with the Wave 1 figures that are currently on their way from Ringside Collectibles that I pre-ordered. Um, that are also exclusive to uh, Walmarts that are technically come out tomorrow officially, but... Don't run out there and try to get them because a lot of Walmarts ain't going to have them right away with all the shipping delays and stuff. So you might have to wait a couple extra days before you can get them. But definitely worth it. Uh, Wave 1 was uh, Brandy Rose, The Young Bucks, Cody Rhodes, um, 
Kenny Omega. Was that it? And Jericho. Yeah, Jericho. those are the six. Yeah. So I'll do a video of those as well. Um, another unboxing video coming this month from Pro Wrestling Crate eventually. And I got some other stuff in the works as well that I don't want to uh, release yet until it's done. But I'm very excited for our YouTube channel. Stuff is about to happen. So uh, check out those videos. Like those videos. Subscribe to the channel if you would like. And uh, you can follow us on Twitter at RealMonsterCast as well. And we've got... We guys. We guys will see you guys. <laughs> we guys. We guys will see you guys next week on the we'll MonsterCast. Yeah.